Today's scriptures are from Isaiah chapter 17, verses 10 through 17. God spoke again to Ahaz. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. Ask anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. But Ahaz said, I'd never do that. I'd never make demands like that on God. So Isaiah told him, then listen to this government of David. It's bad enough that you make people tired with your pious, timid hypocrisies, but now you're making God tired. So the master is going to give you a sign anyway. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She'll bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. By the time the child is 12 and able to make moral decisions, the threat of war will come over. Relax. Those two kings that have you so worried will be out of the picture. But also be warned. God will bring on you and on your people and on your government a judgment worse than anything since the time the kingdom split when Ephraim left Judah. The king of Assyria is coming. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm always so glad when I hear the voices of babies in our sanctuary and kids and toddlers making noise. It is the sound of God. It is the sound of new birth. It is the sound of new life. I stand in awe of people who have been pregnant, who have allowed themselves in a very incarnational way to host another human being in their body for nine months. It is the ultimate act of hospitality. <laughs> I can hear some women saying, oh, you know nothing about that. <laughs> right, right. I, I just stand in awe. The prophet Isaiah says, look, there will be a young woman who will conceive and bear a child, and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Now we believe that as Christians, Isaiah was foretelling the birth of Jesus and that Mary was that young woman. But in some ways, every birth points to the Christ. And because the Christ force is in all people and in all of creation and has been there for 13.8 billion years, always bringing new life. The Christ, not necessarily Jesus, but the Christ. Because the Christ is in all, friends, men and women, we are all pregnant with the Christ. And all waiting to give birth to Christ's love 
that becomes real through our Christian faith, through our Christian witness, through our Christian service, and even beyond that. I imagine some of you didn't expect to come to church today to hear that you were pregnant. We are pregnant with the living Christ. And when we say yes to God, then Jesus the Christ becomes real in our lives and often in those around us. We live a very incarnational faith, incarnate, in the flesh. God was not content being present in the cosmos, but wanted to become real and chose to become real through Mary and the Holy Spirit, born into an earthly family with Joseph as his earthly father and brothers and sisters and friends who helped raise him up. God chose to become real in Jesus so that once and for all, there would be no question, no doubt that God is love and God desires good things for all humankind. God sent Jesus to say, God is bigger than just your religion. God is bigger than just your tribe. God is bigger than just your culture. God's love is wider and broader and deeper and more lasting and more present than we can ever imagine. And God sent Jesus, the Christ, to convey that love, to change our lives and reassure us that God is with us in the good times, in the difficult times, in the beauty and in the mess that is our lives and our world. Even though I sense that God sometimes wants to, I don't know if God wants to remain hidden, but God sometimes seems to be content to be hidden, to be subtle, to be quiet. God doesn't necessarily need the recognition God's okay. But I sense God gives us little glimpses to assure us that God is with us in Emmanuel and that God is doing something, that our lives are not just random and that what's going on in the world is not necessarily unrecognized, but God is doing something even in that even in the difficult things that we encounter, God is doing something, bringing Christ to birth. We are in the season of 
lighting candles, bringing light into darkness. And we are soon to celebrate Christmas, and then after that, to celebrate the Epiphany, which is about six weeks of a, of a season in the Christian church, when people's eyes are opened, when epiphanies happen, when the veil is parted and people see Jesus as the Christ. And so I'm feeling moved over the last few weeks in conversations with some of you to purchase enough candles for everybody here who would like one, as well as those families that come on Christmas Eve. And they're right out here. I invite you to take one on your way out. And a card that is an amalgamation of spiritual formation practices that Christians have practiced at least for the last 400 or 500 years. It comes originally from something called the examine, which Christians practiced at the end of the day. They would look back on their day and give thanks for something that God did, or just be thankful for something. And what Christians discovered was the more they practiced that intentionally every day, the more relaxed they felt going to bed because they knew God provided for them in that day and that God would provide for them tomorrow. And it instilled a, a sense of trust. Out of that, we have formulated cards here at this church that invite us to reflect every day on the four S's. Sweet, sour, service, and a sense of God's presence. The sweet and sour is kind of doing a self-inventory. What's going on within our world? What's going on within our lives? What did we find sweet? What did we find sour? It acknowledges that both of those are part of God's presence. We've practiced this with the church council at our last church council meeting. We lit candles, we turned out the lights in room seven. It was one of the most magical moments of a church council meeting. And we shared with one another what was sweet, what was sour, where we sensed service happening that we saw or were a part of, and where we sensed God. It was wonderful to hear faithful Christians reflect on those four S's. Yesterday at the men's breakfast, we sat at the Belding's home around their dining room table and had some breakfast and lit some candles and reflected on those four S's. We didn't get very far. We, we reflected on the sweetness. One person shared that they experienced sweetness this week by looking at the diamonds in the trees, the jewels, the beautiful ice that formed on those branches that was there for at least two mornings straight and how magnificent it was and how sweet it was to see that. We jumped right from there to some of sensing God's presence. One father said, I sense God's presence whenever I look at my son. It's so clear to me that this is God's gift to me. 
Friends, I am convinced that if we journal about these four S's, or talk with our friends and family, or United Methodist Women's Group, or Bible study, or a group that gathers here at the church, if we share with one another where we sense sweetness in life, sourness in life, where we see service being done, given and received, either through us or we witness it. Our understanding of how to serve will grow and grow and grow. And when we share with one another where we sense God's presence, I'm convinced that we will begin to see God's handiwork everywhere. Let me just say that I sense that sometimes people, even church-going faithful folks like us, think to themselves, well, pastor, you may see God, but I don't see God. And I think part of our challenge is that we've watched too many movies about God. And we may be thinking that we're supposed to have a Ten Commandments Charlton Heston moment. A Cecil B. DeMille moment of God. And friends, that's not how God speaks to a majority of the human race. God speaks to us quietly. And here's a hint, and I've written this on the card. In the book of Galatians, the early church understood that the Spirit of God can be experienced whenever we see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wherever we see that, wherever we feel that, wherever we receive it or give it, that is the living God doing something in our midst. And I think God delights when we say, I see you. I want to be a part of that. Friends, today is an opportunity to say yes to God's love again. And Christmas Eve will be an opportunity for us to say yes to God's love again. And every morning we wake up is an opportunity to say yes to God's love. Every time we light a candle, this one or another, and say yes to God's love, God smiles, God delights, God comes again. God is born in us again. In these next few brief moments of silent prayer, I invite you, without words, to say yes to God's love. To say to Christ, 
be born in me today. Let us be still and however we wish in the silence of our hearts. Say yes. Amen.